Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Faithless with Lisette Diaz, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here is your host. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Faithless. It is officially Lent, my favorite time of the Catholic year. And my favorite time of the regular year is actually fall, but in Florida, that only lasts a couple of days. <laughs> so now that it's Lent, um, we're going to be working a lot on our relationships with God and our relationships with others. Because the name of this podcast is Faithless, we're looking to explore things that make us lose our faith. So today we're going to go in-depth into what makes us lose faith, things that we can actually change. This episode is, is going to force you to take a look at where you are in life. It's going to challenge you to make changes to your life, to make sure that you're heading in a direction that's going to increase your faith. And some of these changes, are they're going to be tough, I'm not going to lie, but they really are something to consider and pray about. My band teacher, when I was in high school, always said, practice makes perfect. And it really is true. Whatever you practice, that's what you're going to get perfect at. Um, So to have strong and perfect faith, you really have to practice at it. So one of the first things that are going to challenge your faith is, is your surroundings. Think about what you surround yourself with. Are you surrounded by people of faith? Or are you constantly surrounded by people who bring down your faith? If you're in college, it's it's guaranteed you're going to be surrounded by people who don't believe in God, who are going to judge you for your beliefs, and you're even going to have professors who are going to go out of their way to make your faith seem obsolete. And, And that's college. You can't exactly drop out of school to get away from that, but you can use it as a learning experience. You can go into this situation and use it as a way to increase your relationship with God. See, when something is challenging what you believe, the best thing is to educate yourself and find answers within your faith. The church has a million and one resources for you to find what you need, to help you find what you need. You have priests that are ready to talk and point you in the right direction, and you've got this podcast. Every episode, I try to give you guys some resources from the uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church, other books that you can read. You can look at the lives of the saints. So when your surroundings are challenging your faith, you don't give up on your faith. You find answers at home in the church. Why does my church say this? And look for the church's answers to that. It might make sense to you. It's just a matter of understanding. Your work environment is also super, super crucial. What kind of people do you work with? What are you constantly surrounded by? I know that by listening to a lot of my husband's stories, in in most workplaces, the guys get together and check out the hot chick at that lunch place, or they have a couple beers after work and talk about women, or something that's usually inappropriate. And that's not just with guys. This happens with women, too. Some women just kind of sit around and gossip endlessly about everyone, and they try to bring people's reputation down. And then they try to get information out of everything, and and if you trust them for a second, you've already compromised your privacy. 
And there's also those who are dishonest and try to cheat their job out of money. They write down they came in at a certain time and they really didn't get there until much later. So they just kind of do that to get more money, even though they didn't work for it. They'll take things from the workplace that don't belong to them, etc., things like that. These are circumstances where the surroundings are not showing Christian values. People aren't being Christ-like. And as Christians, it's our job to show what a Christ-like person is like. It's, it's our job to do the correct thing. But we're also humans. And there's this saying in Spanish, <laughs> in our language, that says, El diablo es puerco. The devil is a pig. He will tempt you and he will make it seem like you have no other choice but to be in that environment and participate in the same behaviors. The whole typical, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. But in these circumstances, we have to take note of our weaknesses. And if we're drawn by the gossip or we find these inappropriate conversations intriguing, then we really need to stop and protect our spirit. We need to remove ourselves from the situation and refuse to participate. If you don't protect yourself from sin, who's going to do it for you? This is your journey. Even though it's hard, it's also vital that you don't let yourself fall into this. Because this environment nurtures these toxic behaviors. It's easy to begin to think that they're okay when they're not. So in circumstances like this, when... The guys invite you out for a beer. You just politely decline and go home and have a beer in your living room and read a book or watch some TV or spend time with family. Or even call up your Christian friends, friends who have the same values, and go have a drink together instead. The great thing about our Catholic faith is we're allowed to drink in moderation. <laughs> so just have a glass of wine with your friends or just have a beer or two. And when you start seeing a group of gossip starting to form in your workplace or wherever you're at, if you can get out of there, of, of that location, then do. Just go into a different room or a different office. If you can pop in some headphones and put on some like nature sounds or music or the rosary or something, do it. Never give them something to talk about and don't participate in their conversations. If they ask your opinion, you say, I'm sorry, I'd rather not talk about this, thanks. If you, if you can't do these, then politely ask them to not discuss these things around you. And I'll tell you right now, it's not going to make you the most popular person in that group. But trust me, you just made a huge statement about your moral position. And that's a great thing. A lot of bosses value that. And the ones that don't, well, do you really want to be in a job like that? Sometimes making money is not as important as making sure that your spirituality and your family's moral and values are, are protected. So, something to consider. With a statement like, like what we said before, you know, where, where you say, sorry, I'd rather not talk about this. I'm, I'm not big on gossip. Something like that, where... You, you say that in front of this group of people, you don't know who you could be helping. You could be helping others who aren't as strong in their values to think about it and choose to not do the same thing because of your example. And when we follow Christ, we're called to be leaders in this world, not conformists. The next thing 
is to be careful with your choice of friends. Now, I have a ton of friends, colleagues, acquaintances. I love having friends of different religions and nationalities and orientations. It really helps me see things from a larger and a broader point of view. It helps me love others unconditionally. However, all of these that I consider friends, they all respect my point of view. And just like I respect theirs, it's called tolerance. If there's something I truly believe and I share it, I do so out of the, the sole purpose of sharing, not to change them. And for example, I have a Hindu friend. So when one of my Hindu friends has a special religious holiday, I'll start asking questions to know more about their culture. And they do the same thing for me. It's not because I want to be Hindu. It's because I, I'm curious. That's so cool. Like, hey, I want to know what you do. That's that's awesome. So it's not a relationship based on changing each other. It's based on tolerance, on love, and on understanding. Those are friendships that are never going to push you to do something that you're not comfortable with. And with friends, we really do have to be careful. There's those, peoples that, those people that are constantly trying to knock you for what you believe. If you have a group of friends that, and let's say they want to do something on Good Friday, like go out to a bar or go out dancing or something, and you say, no thanks, it's, it's Good Friday that day, so I'll be at church all day. And you begin to hear things like, so? It's just church, skip out. Or, so church is more important than your friends? Or things like, there's other church events, let's just go. Nobody cares if you don't go. So these, these are words of caution that these friends might not be the best to have around. They're showing you that they don't really care about your interests or your moral and personal beliefs. They're verbally acknowledging that their needs are more important than yours and you need to abandon everything for them. And they're trying to persuade you to do something that you view as incorrect. At least something that I view as incorrect because I feel like Good Friday is a day of of real reflection, the, the biggest day of reflection in the year for me. And, and they're tempting you or bribing you to do certain things to get you out of a commitment you'd already made with God. So it's very important that you know when to create some distance between these so-called friends and, and yourself. And if you're constantly surrounded by people who are up to no good and they, they're kind of pushing you to do these things that are not good for you or, or good for the for this for society like stealing or drugs and things like that it's really important to maintain a bit of distance um a while ago i had a ton of friends who were in this underground music movement and they were really cool some of them were totally awesome we still keep in touch but others had a, this bad habit of stealing things like iphones and like erasing the phone and then selling it to people and they had this habit of buying drugs, and I didn't do that, but I didn't like that. Stealing isn't something that I think is right. And so gradually I had to, I had to create some distance and not associate myself with them because I didn't agree with it and they weren't ever going to change because that's just what they had proven over time. Even though I expressed my concerns and I told them, hey, that's not really right. I'm not going to be caught in the same environment that they're at. They're committing these acts that are not correct. And what if I get drawn into it? Not maybe I don't do anything, but I still get 
get the heat for it. You know, I, I still care for them. And in, in time of need, if they ever need me, I'm going to be the Christian that they need and I'm going to help them. But I'm not going to let them influence my life directly or indirectly in such a negative way because I need to secure my spirit. We're here to tend to the sick, the broken, and the sinner. But to tend to those people, we don't need to become sinners or broken. So how can you give someone strength that you don't have? That's why it's important to create um, a circle of friends that are going to move you towards God and not away from God. I have to say that right now, I have the best group of friends on the planet. <laughs> Whenever we feel low on our faith or in life, we encourage each other. We're there for each other when we're in need. We don't try to bring each other down, but we, we fight for each other and bring each other up in Christ. We pray for each other. We have clean and awesome fun together. I'm not talking Lysol clean. <laughs> I'm talking morally clean fun. And, and that's what Christ-like friendship is all about. Another thing you have to take a look at is the activities that you take part in. Things like reading inappropriate books, playing violent or inappropriate games, watching shows that teach inappropriate morals, spending too much time on your phone rather than with your family, rather than praying, wasting time that should be devoted to other responsibilities, Spending more money, for example, on the lottery than you give to the church or to the needy. These are all things that are rooted on those sins that we've already talked about in our four-part series of virtues and vices. And they place worldly needs above the desire to be like Christ. They make other things more important than seeking out God. You're also putting yourself in the path for temptation. You might say, oh, I know, I know it's not right, so I'm not going to do anything bad. I'm just, I'm just there for the company. I'm just doing this because it's entertaining, but I know it's not right, so I'm not going to do it. Well, the problem is that, one, if your so-called company is doing something bad, it might be time to evaluate the company. And two, you're telling the devil that you're smarter than him and that no matter what he throws at you, he can't tempt you. And that's when you step right into the center of a million traps. You're literally in the center of all this temptation and you're saying, oh, it's not going to affect me. If you think you can outsmart the devil, I'm so sorry, but that's extremely naive. The only one strong enough to battle against the devil is God himself. We don't have that kind of power, but we do have the gifts of the Holy Spirit to help us in that battle. And one of those gifts is wisdom. <laughs> Be wise. Don't do things that are not good for you. Do things that you know are good for your spirit. Don't set yourself in the middle of temptation. That's called masochism. That's like walking into a cave full of wolves and thinking you're not going to get eaten. Get rid of things in your life that are going to set you up for failure. And fill your life with things that are going to help you get closer to God. And in this fight against the devil, God is always going to be by your side. But you also have free will. So if you choose to walk into all that temptation, there's nothing God can do because you chose that. So you have to choose God. And God's going to do everything to back you up. 
Sometimes, even when we choose to go into the temptation, God's still there fighting and trying to help us out. So help God out a little bit. Another thing is um, our attitude. Our attitudes are so important in this process towards holiness. In the Bible, you hear a lot of different things that we should be like. One thing that is absolutely essential is humility. We have to be humble. The concept that is it's more important to serve than to be served is one that Jesus constantly brings front and center in the Gospels. It's more important to serve than to be served. Now, do our attitudes reflect that? Are we too proud to do certain things? Are we too gossipy and spread rumors about others? It doesn't matter if it's true or not. When you gossip, you're still using another person's good or bad fortune to make yourself look better. Do we put our needs above others' needs? If you're married, are, are you considering your spouse's opinions or feelings before your own? Take a look at the way you treat certain situations, especially the ones that you find the most frustrating. What's your attitude? And is it Christ-like? Are you loving your neighbor? Are you loving your enemy? To love your enemy doesn't mean you have to like them. It means you treat them with the same dignity that any child of God deserves and that you're going to serve them when they need you most. Not because of how they've treated you, but because they're also children of God. So we have to, we have to, have to modify our attitudes to be more Christ-like. And lastly, it's so important to have a life of constant prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God. To pray is to be talking to this best friend, this father, and just tell him your daily struggles. You know, when you have when you, you have your dad, right? Your human dad. And sometimes, you know, dad well, dads are human, like I said. So they have their own things, and sometimes it's hard to tell them everything. But think about God who sees everything. You don't even have to talk, and he already knows what you're thinking. So you can't really hide anything from him. You might as well just talk to him. And and so listen to his kind words to you. Without prayer, you can't have a good relationship with God. And, and like we said earlier, God is our greatest weapon against the evils of this world. Those evils are going to try to break that relationship and they're going to try their hardest to make sure that you don't become buddy-buddy with God. But God's going to protect you against temptations. You just have to invite him into your life. You see, God isn't nosy. He's that friend that's going to let you make your own decisions and when you ask their opinion, that's when they're going to say, eh, that might have not been the best idea. How about you try this? That's the way God works. He lets us do our thing, practice our free will, and until we ask him what he thinks, he's just going to be there for us waiting for whenever we need him. So let's let's go to God. Let's do a quick prayer. Let's ask him to help us in this journey. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for always being there for us. I'm sorry if sometimes we we put other things in the way of reaching you. 
Help me to be able to turn down those things that are going to put a strain on our relationship and guide me closer to you each step of the way. Protect me from all evil as I strive to create an environment around myself that's going to help me enrich my faith. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. I hope that whenever you find yourself losing your faith, you'll think about all the things that we've talked about today and in our other podcasts and put them into action so that you can create that cocoon around yourself that's going to nurture your faith instead of destroy it. If you ever hit that point, know that God is always with you, regardless of who you are or what you've done. He loves you and takes care of you always. My name is Lisette Diaz. Thank you for listening to the 10th episode of Faithless. We'll talk to you again next week. May God bless you and keep you always. Amen. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Faithless with Lisette Diaz. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.